Hey ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Episode 116, as always, I'm joined by Jordan. Jared, welcome to what episode 116 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. <laughs> it's great to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, no Dom this week, unfortunately. He's out celebrating his uh, anniversary, I believe, so kudos to him. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of what we've been playing, uh, pretty much the same for me. Uh, MTG Arena, I've been playing more of that. They still haven't updated it to have private matches, so that's kind of a bummer, but it's open beta still. Um, as Jared, it, before I forget, I'm sorry to interrupt. Were you one of the ones that recommended Magic the Gathering mobile gamer bullshit for Kind of Funny Games cast? No. Okay, because they were talking about... Jared Petty said uh, something about you know somebody recommending Magic the Gathering mobile gamer bullshit. And I was like, oh, if that was Jared, that would be so great. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, MTG Arena isn't available on mobile yet. It'll probably come to it in consoles. It's currently just yeah. on PC. Um, yeah. I know it's not correlated. I was just pointing that out. No, that's, um, a good, that's a good point out. Yeah, so they don't have private matches yet. As long as it hits by 1.0 official release, I'm cool with that. Um, yeah, just been definitely. messing around with decks. Um, Magic is great. It's a very fun game. The only downside to it is in order to play standard, which is like current meta like current officially usable cards i don't want to get into a big old explanation about magic the gathering in order to play standard which is like the most um relevant um competitive play in like yeah. uh, in uh, game shops and stuff it's kind of expensive yeah. to be competitive so mtg arena allows you to like play mtg and uh not have to worry about spending a lot of money and it's like hearthstone so if you love hearthstone but you like magic the gathering it's a perfect combination um, and, you know, the reason people love Hearthstone is because people fell in love with all of the Blizzard properties. I'm not really that kind of person. Overwatch is really the only Blizzard property I'm, like, super into. Was never a Warcraft person. Was never a Diablo person. Um, what about Artifact? Starcraft. You down for this? You down for oh, Artifact, for, Jared? You don't even less. Yeah, no. Um, so MTG Arena is kind of, like, my go-to because I love Magic the Gathering. Been playing that, having a blast. The, the daily quests and stuff aren't... The thing I like about its daily quests is that it's just like basically in in without being direct it tells you use a deck that's these colors. So for people who aren't familiar or comfortable with playing other colors of decks because they all have their unique playstyle, it gets people to try other stuff, which I think I'm I'm like super into because people people get comfortable with something in any field and then they kind of are like I'm only going to get this one thing, right? People go to a restaurant, I'm only going to order the chicken parm. It's like this place Branch is known out. for st- yeah, exactly. Uh, and the quests are like, if you're somebody who only plays blue, which is a very controlling color, um, it's like, you know, uh, cast 20 creature, twenty red creatures. It's like, well, I either make a blue-red deck or I make a red deck and I try to win with that or play with that. And it kind of gets you out of your comfort zone, which I appreciate for people who aren't really comfortable with that. I play yeah. a lot of the colors. If I had a pick, I'm more of a blue-white player, which are notorious for having, like, super control counter decks. It's like the direct opposite of like a red green deck, which is all about aggro, getting a lot of creatures out there, doing a lot of damage. Um, and it's funny because when you play Magic the Gathering and you have friends who really get into it and start um, building their own custom decks, people's personalities are put into their decks. Uh, my best friend is a very uh, aggressive person when it comes to video games and stuff. He's very um, head through the wall before looking around to see if anybody's there, right? 
Not the type of dude that's going to play stealth games. He loves red decks in Magic because it's a very aggressive. And it's really cool nice. that there's a card game that allows you to infuse your personality into the decks you play. And I've always loved that about Magic. Um, that being said, I've also been playing a bunch of AC Odyssey. Still loving the yeah. hell out of this game a lot. Honestly, like this game is getting me excited for the jump that we're going to have in two years. Because we know we're not getting an Assassin's oh, Creed name next year. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't play... Syndicate was the last one before Origins, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. So, Syndicate... I didn't play Syndicate. But, obviously, if you've ever played an Assassin's Creed game, you know the jump that happened from Syndicate to Origins in terms of RPG mechanics and all that stuff. We don't really need to get into that. But we, me and you both understand the jump that was made there. Um, yeah. In terms of implementing those things. Those specific mechanics that were introduced in Origins even went forward, I've talked about even last week, how far those have been fine-tuned in Odyssey. So I'm excited to see what happens in the next two-year jump, you know what I mean? Um, now, and I... Sorry, go ahead. Well, actually, if with your permission, I would like to make this a joint task force discussion because I've been playing a lot of Origins. Okay. Um, so we can kind of bounce back and forth. Um, I just, like, got hyped for Odyssey is the crazy thing oh wow okay um, i was i was telling you that on our chat that uh, before odyssey came out that you know weird how this is the first assassin's creed game basically in forever um as far as mainline titles go that i wasn't excited for that i wasn't getting day one and uh, just hopped back into origins and jared i switched the control scheme back to the classic scheme and it uh changed my whole world Oh, it's great and to hear. So, yeah, now I finally got hyped for Odyssey, and I started watching like the trailers. I went back and watched their E3 stuff, and then um, also watched their season pass trailer. And really impressed with the way they're doing like the episodic season pass and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, literally just last night got uh, hyped for Odyssey, and my buddy and I we were basically playing Origins all day, and uh, just handed controller back and forth, and I was like. Bro, what if PS5 launch title is Assassin's Creed, like, Ninja, basically? So, the crazy thing, I want to get into a little bit of that, because there's some Easter eggs that I've seen in Odyssey that I want to... They're not, like, story Easter eggs or anything. They're just, like, random-ass shit on the side that could be, like, leading towards things that I want to talk to you about. But yeah. with... um. With Odyssey, the so I really liked Origins, and the, the, one of the biggest things I liked about Oranges, uh, or, Oranges, yeah, the fruit. Uh, one of the biggest things Assassin's I liked. Creed Oranges available now. One of the things I liked about uh, Origins, outside of like Bayek uh, and his whole story, I really loved that game, um, is that there wasn't a lot of water. So you know how like when Zelda Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild came out, and I think me and you kind of felt like aliens in the sense of like everybody is giving this game glowing reviews. And I'm not saying it's a bad yeah. game, but we were like, we don't understand where this fairy dust is coming from. Like, it's I a good game. I'm about to be experiencing that again with Red Dead 2 because people have rock star goggles like nobody's fucking business. Yeah, but you also are coming from the perspective of somebody who doesn't really like rock star games to begin with. Not that it's a bad thing. I'm not saying, like, you know, your opinion is invalid or anything like that, but you also are somebody who's not necessarily not even in love with rockstar and having the glasses you're just not even have glasses on period like they're just not your type i of do games. enjoy red dead one though i'm playing through that 
I'm yeah. enjoying that. So the, re- the reason I brought up the alien thing is that in Black Flag, obviously I was a pirate game. I liked that game. I hated most of it because most of it took place in water. And I absolutely do not like the naval combat at all. Not saying that it's bad. I just don't find it interesting or fun. I just don't I like it. could not agree more. And I couldn't, <laughs> like, I didn't spend shit on upgrades in AC3. Like, I just got through those story missions, and that was it. Yeah. Um, sorry, by the way, if you're a dog barking in the background. It's my neighbors. I literally can't do anything about it. Um, so, apologies for that. Um, just call your friend to put his head through the wall. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... In Odyssey, there it's Greece, so there is a fair amount of water. Um, not as much as Black Flag, obviously, but there is a fair amount of water, and that's my only like, the only parts of the game I'm not enjoying. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, once you get to another location and you get like a synchronization point, there's fast travel, so I don't really have to sail anymore. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. To get over to there, I just I've never liked it. When they announced Skull and Bones, I was like. This seems interesting, and then they said, "Oh, it's only the naval combat." I'm like, "Oh, so it's literally the, the least interesting part to me from Black Flag." Yeah, and uh, yeah. so, yeah, that's like my only negative with Odyssey. Like, big thing is that is the sailing, but that's more of a personal gripe. Like, I think the systems are implemented well, and I think it works fine. I just have zero interest or fun ever doing it. Um, How much is that stuff in Origins? Because I'm just about to roll up on that in the story. Not really much at all, dude. Like, honestly, thinking about Origins, it's, like, finite. Like, it's... It's It's weird how they decide to implement these in certain games. Obviously, Black Flag, it was going to be a big thing, and they introduced it in AC3, but it's like, then we'll kind of have it in Origins, and then, you know, just really bring it back for Odyssey, and I don't know, it's weird. I think it's just based on the location, right? Um, if they yeah. ever do one in Japan, I'm assuming there'll be a, a, a bit of it um, because it'll but be. But that's off- what I'm saying is like where, like really, you could have it in pretty much any game. You could have had it in the London ones. You know, you could have had it in or the London ones Syndicate. You could have had it in uh, Unity for Paris. You know, it's like the, it's just arbitrary to me. I don't know this weird well, mechanic throughout this franchise. Well, Paris isn't near any ocean though. No, but you can. I mean, like. France has a navy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, you could, some of these are like globe-trotting adventures, you know what I mean? So, so uh, before we head off to what you've been playing and everything, the last two things I wanted to mention is there's a splinter cell Easter egg in this game. Nice. Uh, the the goggles. Um, and in the uh, real-world sections of the game, Right. There's somebody you talk, and I'm kind of doing this loosely because I don't want to spoil it for you. It's not—he's right. not like a main character or anything. He's just like a side thing. But even then, there's a person you notice that is involved with communications that has Japanese heritage. Nice. So there's definitely a thread there <laughs> that could possibly nice. happen. Uh, and that's the thing, man. Is Ubisoft knows people have been clamoring for a goddamn feudal Japan Assassin's Creed, and I think that's like their. I honestly think the day we'll get the Feudal Japan Assassin's Creed is, like, when it, this franchise is waning. That's their, like, okay, we got we got the card out of our bag. Just going to throw that on the table. You know what I mean? They're maybe, all in. Maybe I, they're – I'm hoping – why I said it was, like, a PS5 thing. I'm hoping they've got some bullshit excuse in their head about needing the power of next-gen consoles. And so they finally feel like, oh, we can do it now, you know? 
I hope that's what it is. Dude, honestly, like, Feudal Japan would be great. I would even love something, like, in Vietnam or, uh, like, during, like, the Ming Dynasty in China or something like that. Like, yeah. They did Chronicles, I, which is one of the 2D ones, and that has a Chinese character. There's also an Indian one, too, in that as well. Yep. Um, but those aren't the same as, like, a fully-fledged Assassin's Creed game. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying Odyssey. Cassandra is my... I would say now, I'm 25 hours in, is my favorite yeah. video game female protagonist. Period. Point blank. Um, awesome. And, like, I obviously like other female characters in games maybe more than her, but they're not, like, Mass Effect 2, I love Jack, I love Tali, um, but they're not the main protagonist, right? They're not the leader of that story, obviously, it's Commander Shepard. Um, But, like, and the one thing I'll say about uh, Odyssey is that uh, as much as I loved Origins, I think the dialogue and the story itself blow Origins out of the water, which is crazy, because I love Bayek, uh, but... It's it's so good. And that's why I'm so excited for the jump. And in my opinion, what I hope ends up happening is that it's a 1-2 skip year, 1-2 skip year. Because I love having Origins, which was a very good game. And then having the game the year after that that builds on that so strongly. And then skipping like the a year. Back to back. Okay. And then skipping a year. But I would love if that empty year is where we get the stealth back to the roots of Assassin's Creed and we get the Prince of Persia reboot. Just fit it in there nicely in those in-between years. Every three years, give us a new Prince of Persia right there where Assassin's Creed is gone. Mm, Beautiful chef's kiss. You know what, Jared? I'm going to slam dunk right now. All these people are acting like, oh, we can't have Prince of Persia and Assassin's Creed, which is just dumb garbage. Okay, I'll compromise. It's a fucking crossover. (laughs) Assassin's Creed, Prince of Persia. And it's about, you know, being like a prince in Persia. And it's a Prince of Persia game and it's Assassin's Creed game, just like how Black Flag is, you know. Or even if Prince of Persia takes place in the same world as Assassin's Creed. And that'd be even crazier because Watch Dogs does, you know. And the crazy thing is that obviously in Assassin's Creed Odyssey it deals with the Spartans. Persians. Shit writes itself. So you don't have to like worry about spoilers here. Okay. Uh, do Origins and Odyssey connect story-wise? Not that I've ran into so far, but I can almost guarantee there's threads that I've seen that are like, I see how it's going to connect. There's something that happens at the end of Origins that directly connects to Odyssey, but I don't want to spoil that for you. Like me and saying I'm it. About, sure, sure. I'm talking about the past stuff. I'm not talking about the future stuff. Uh, you're talking about like, okay, so Bye. with like the ancestors. Almost so, like how the Kenway connection you know the kinway here here's what i'm going to say at the end of i don't think this is spoilery at the end of origins a character in origins makes their way up to the location of odyssey right that's what i'm talking about and i was going to ask about like have you been to alexandria yet yes i have the thing is is in origins takes place after odyssey um shit yeah i thought yeah, that's that was my question. Is does it kind of just like are is Odyssey basically just a sequel to Origins? But Odyssey, obviously, Odyssey, Odyssey, <laughs> that's not the the case. So, at the end of Origins, there's something that happens in Greece. I'm assuming that's why I said I haven't gone there yet because I haven't been in the game. I'm assuming that at the end of Odyssey, you see some of the stuff that happens at the end of Origins. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like there's a tie in there. Um, yeah, it feels like you got to have a tie-in because they're so close, you know, like 
literally physically where they take place and then the time periods. Yeah. And, oh, man. And uh, I always forget, what's Bayek's wife's name? I want to say Siwa C- is Siwa is where he comes from. Yes, I, I always think that's the name of the wife. Sina his bird? Oh, Jared, I got to know. Can you be your eagle in Odyssey? Yeah. Oh, thank God, dude. That. So, okay. Since we're, like I said, kind of a joint task force discussion here, I had a damn near religious experience where I just hopped into Odyssey or uh, Origins and just started flying around as my bird and <laughs> yeah. saw how high I could go, saw how far I could go. And I was listening to music while I was playing. Um, shout out to the holy drug couple, um, some psychedelic rock. And I was just like, oh my God, you can go so far away from your character and you can see so much of the fucking map and it's just ridiculous. It's so cool that that's a thing and that they've implemented that. And I was like, if they don't bring this over, it's the dumbest shit, you know, cause that's one of the best uh, mechanics, new mechanics that they introduced for Origins. So. Well, one of the cool things too, I don't remember if this is an Origins, but one of the things you can unlock is for uh, the, the eagle to distract enemies as well. And um, yeah, I know like, um, He'll come down and attack him. He'll come down and when I'm hunting, he'll come down and, you know, pick up a gazelle for me, stuff like that. But this one is like you can – there's that, which I love. That continues in Odyssey where, like, you're hunting, like, a pack of rams and you kill one and then he'll drop down and kill another one and you just hear his perch. Right. And you're like, right. hell yeah. Um, they do that as well in Odyssey. But, yeah, there's, like, a, like if you're going to infiltrate a base, you can have him distract people on, like, one side of the base – and then, like, sneaking from the other side. You know, he makes, like, a bunch of noise and distracts people. Um, yeah, I'm, I feel like you can do that in Origins. I don't we remember. Were laughing. We were laughing because I've got my two-screen setup, and my buddy was playing Origins on the right TV, and on the left TV, we were watching uh, footage of Odyssey, and the fucking user interface is... 99% identical. Yeah. Um, it's hilarious. We were cracking up, but uh, they seem like, you know, obviously, as far as the franchise goes, they seem intimately connected, the DNA. Well, the crazy uh, thing is, from a gameplay perspective, it feels like a sequel, but they happened a year after each other. And that's what's cool. It's just like you play Origins, and then you see all of those improvements in Odyssey, and it's like this was yeah. just a year later. I didn't have to wait four years. You know what I mean? I feel really like. Cool. It, at some point, Ubisoft has has to have, you know, really figured out how to, I hate to use the word synergy, but they've kind of really got that thing going on, obviously, with all their studios. If they've got, you know, 346 studios around the world, essentially, um, you know, chipping in on all these different games, it seems like they've found a way to, to get everybody kind of close to the same page, at least. I think what they do is so Odyssey and Origins were actually being uh, developed at the same time, and the reason obviously mm-hmm. Odyssey is more polished is because it had that extra eight to ten months. Year. Wouldn't it be a full yeah. year, obviously, because yeah. of getting gold and all that. But um, I think what they do, and this is just an assumption, is that they go, okay, this is the the baseline. This is the baseline engine you guys are working with. Go, and then those two studios work on that baseline engine. So the the game we get a year from now or two years from now. And the one after that are going to be on a higher baseline. You know what I mean? I think they're like, yeah. this is the baseline, so that way the games don't look too different. Um, one use coming out earlier, the other one's coming out later. 
go. And that's why, like, they have a lot of the similar mechanics and that kind of stuff. Um, but they do feel different. The one that's a little bit has a little bit more time to cook. Um, well, and they've they've certainly streamlined things, um, you know, since Unity because people freaked the yeah. fuck out over that game. Like yeah, we get the it, we get the Call of Duty every year, right? And it's like in a three year yeah. cycle inserted in, in with devs. I would love a Ubisoft cycle where we go Assassin's Creed, Prince of Persia, Splinter Cell, Assassin's Creed, yeah. Prince of Persia, Splinter Cell, because three years in between games gives people enough time to breathe. I would, I mean, personally, I would like Assassin's Creed a little bit more often than that. But if you're telling me it, trading an Assassin's Creed every year to make sure I get a Prince of Persia and a Splinter Cell every three years on top of an Assassin's Creed, I'm down for that. Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think generally people have stopped giving Ubisoft quite so much shit because they are nailing a lot of stuff. You know, they've got a lot of goodwill with the Mario and Rabbids and the Rainbow Six. They just don't do anything like thing. wrong, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not as much. You know, they still put out steep and obviously probably take a loss on that. But it's like we need a snowboarding game out there, so we're gonna do it. You know, exactly. So yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that they're doing that's pretty smart, and yeah, if they can get Prince of Persia back, if they can get Splinter Cell going again, um, they got Far Cry. People are um, satisfied with Far Cry generally, and same with Assassin's Creed. And then you know they got little other things like the crew and stuff like that. So they're well, in a good spot. The thing with Splinter Cell is they need to make sure to find a way to comfortably transition that story to somebody else because Michael Ironside isn't getting it any younger unfortunately sure. so they need to get people in love with a new character that's not voiced by michael ironside so yeah. they need to make sure he's in the next game that transitions that effectively mm-hmm. and uh with prince of persia we talked about this i don't want to i want to get to what you've been playing because we've already been kind of going along on my end of, of what i've been playing um with prince of persia the fact that assassin's creed is moving so far into that rpg mechanic route and it's less stealth based and less um I guess focus, but you know what I mean by that. I'm not saying that is a bad thing. It's like obviously more open world and that kind of stuff. It's more generalized in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think that there's perfect room for Prince of Persia to come back because for a while there, you could make a case of like, there's time mechanics and Prince of Persia is different than Assassin's Creed, but there are a, little, a lot of similarities. Now, what we think of currently as an Assassin's Creed game and what we think of, of what a Prince of Persia game would be, those are different enough, in my opinion, that they could both exist without an issue. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So Assassin's Creed is really not nearly as heavy on puzzles as Prince of Persia was. Oh, yeah, 100%. And... Um, Prince of Persia, I think, would be really cool. Think about this. If um, I do think, in a lot of ways, Assassin's Creed are more generalized action games in a lot of in a lot of senses of the word. But at the same time, um, you do still have the stealth, and you are still assassinating people, even if you have to upgrade your hidden blade, which is stupid as fuck. Um, it would be really interesting if Prince of Persia was like this, you know, obviously action puzzle based game, but then you had a lot of stealth stuff. And so you were almost kind of getting your more classic Assassin's Creed fix um, through Prince of Persia. You know, if they almost brought those mechanics in and you were crouching around and assassinating guys in Prince of Persia, um, it'd be interesting if they kind of ebbed and flowed like that. And I really, I really would love if they were like, this is Prince of Persia, but it exists in the Assassin's Creed universe. I would have oh, no yeah. issue with that. That'd be super dope. Um, yeah. yeah, but what have you been playing? Um, so, yeah, I talked a lot about, or played, talked about playing a lot of Origins and getting excited uh, for Odyssey. I also got to say, 
Um, it, I guess it seems like Odyssey's the first one uh, that's like developed with like 4K HDR from the ground up. Um, just lo- obviously like watching on YouTube, um, you know, Greece versus uh, Egypt is a lot more colorful, but um, it just seems like they really took advantage of that. There's just so many gorgeous colors in that game. The water, um, dude, even... is crazy. Yeah, the, the water's gorgeous. Um, the plant life, obviously, and the, the colors of the clothing. And uh, so I can't wait to actually play it on my PS4 Pro in HDR. That'll be great. But um, yeah, so switching back on Origins to the main control screen helped a lot. And then, um, you know, I still have some complaints with it. I don't like that a lot of times uh, options are taken away taken away from the player, which obviously I gripe about all the time in different games. Um, but like... Uh, are you able to like speed up your horse? There's only one horse speed in Origins. Are you able to speed up your horse in Odyssey? Uh, yes and no. So technically, you can make it run faster, but that's when you do the thing where it like gets set to a path, like a road. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's so. It's exactly the same as Origins then, which yeah. I think sucks. Um, I loved, you know, back in the day with, like, Assassin's Creed 2, just, like, charging the fuck through Rome on my horse. Um, it's so great, man. But, uh... I have a Pegasus. Yeah, I know. It's, it's dope. <laughs> it balances itself out, I guess. It just sucks that, um... There's less speeds that you can choose when you're running as a character, too. Like, and there's... A lot of kind of nitpick examples of that throughout the game. I'm sure they really didn't change that stuff much um, to Odyssey because they're trying to simplify it for um, people who aren't like longtime AC fans. Um, so and they want they Odyssey to feel super comfortable for people who jumped into Origins, right? right. They want it to feel right. like a sequel where you don't feel like you're oh I don't know what to do now. Yeah, absolutely. And so I get that, but uh, in some ways it does suck. Um, and this whole, you know, I've talked a lot about the combat system. You've said that they've improved upon it, which I'm glad to hear. But just them trying to go so far in the influence of uh, the Souls and Bloodborne series is um, just, you know, it doesn't work out in the end. And uh, which sucks. That I feel like Assassin's Creed is always trying to try something new and kind of figure out and fix its. Um, you know melee combat system um, and I the, think that they've actually nailed it I think like unity syndicate you know is way too easy but I think unity's they're pretty damn close to nailing it in unity but of course they couldn't take anything from unity because it's a garbage piece of crap you know <laughs> sorry what were you gonna say oh uh, no I was just gonna say I, I agree with you and it's in origins it's like you're using somebody who's still kind of rocks assassin's garb so it is a little weird getting used to like fighting but in a, like a dark souls way um that type of combat in odyssey it's not as like puzzling or i guess like immersion breaking or anything because you are the daughter or the granddaughter of leonidas and you're like a spartan so it's like you would have craftsmanship and like you wouldn't know how to wield these different weapons and fight that way so it's not as weird as like Oh, you're a dude in like a hood, and yet you're trying to use ranged weapons, and it's like it, you know what I mean. It doesn't feel as weird in Odyssey um, because of the type of character you're controlling. But in Origins, I did have more of that problem, um, where it was like 
would this dude really be fighting people with a giant like mace? You know, it, it just yeah, I've like, never had that issue. I mean, like back in Unity, you could I think you had could you use like spears and stuff in the Ezio games? I can't even remember. Uh, um, no, I don't think so. There's been you know different types of weapons you could use for a long time, obviously. Um, I've never had an issue with that. I totally get where you're coming from with, like, um, for a while now, they've been making the assassin characters very um, kind of like renaissance men as far as their combat skills. Um, that's never been an issue for me. I just think, like, the actual mechanics and the design choices, the way that the developers handle things, um, like I said before, I just don't think that they're um, on the level of a from software and so there oh, yeah. uh, it's it's a little bit clunkier it's not as as tight and just on point um moment I mean, to moment and so um it's like you're trying they're trying to play in like the real big leagues like the fucking world series and they're just not that you know that type of baseball team well not yet i think that the ubisoft's good at refining things and sure sure the, i mean there is a devil's advocate there of like they're a large studio like a large Publisher yeah, it's a assume. different situation. Yeah, and the thing I will say is, at the end of the day, I'm happy to confirm that they do improve in Odyssey. Like, sure, that's sure. good. I agree with you that, like, yeah, they're yeah, not you're at the right level. about the fact that at least that, they improve. Um, yeah, you're right about the fact that generally with Assassin's Creed games, they're constantly refining. You know, and that goes back into kind of the. Um, how they're somehow able to connect all these billions of studios they have around the world. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, there's still some... I'm finding a lot more enjoyment in Origins than I was. And really, I've just been fucking around, because you know how I love just running around an Assassin's Creed game. Um, so I will get back to the story at some point and see um, if I end up liking that. But uh, like I said, I just last night got hyped on Odyssey, so... Um, whenever I end up finishing this game. Um, I'll get around to that um, sometime before the end of the year, I'm sure. Um, besides that, uh, been playing a lot of that. Played um, some more Bravely Default, though. Um, I wouldn't say there's too much to report there. Uh, just still enjoying it, generally. I, th I do think it's a great game. Um, I downloaded uh, Valkyria Chronicles OG on Switch, but haven't got around to that. Um, so I guess that's a little preview for what I will be playing. And then um, been I mentioned that I've been playing some uh, Red Dead. I'm not sure that I'll finish it, because um, it's a pretty long solo campaign, isn't it? The original Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Have you gotten to Mexico yet? Yeah. I okay. So I'll tell you where I'm at. Um... I did the train mission in Mexico. Uh, so yeah, you basically have a couple missions with the train, right? And I guess I finished up after that. Um, where like, you know what I'm talking about, Jared? Yeah, yeah. First I'm get to Mexico. Loosely, where you're yeah. Chasing it, where you're defending this train and then um, you get to a new town and then they, like, I guess they steal the train so you got to run after it again. So I just did those couple of train missions when you first get to Mexico. Um, so, you, but I, I think I'm still relatively early. Um, I wouldn't say early. I would say, so 
you could grind out and beat the game by Friday, but the way you right. seem to play games where it's like, if you're in the mood, you know what I mean? If you're yeah. in the mood to just yeah. jump in, I don't think you'll be, even if you just like made it a point to hop in in just the mood every day, I don't know if you'd finish it, so I wouldn't even bother right. even trying. And so I think, yeah, I've kind of reserved at this point to maybe kind of play them parallel, um, like kind of finish up the first game as I'm playing the second game. Um, but obviously I have a handle enough on like what the game is to compare the games when the second one comes out and I did go ahead and pre-order it. Um, so yeah, I definitely enjoy it. Uh, definitely the, uh, rockstar game I've enjoyed most. I think that, um, you know, talking about the rockstar goggles earlier in the show, I think that that's definitely a thing. Um, you know, people talk about this game, who knows how they're going to talk about red dead. Um, too, but this game, uh, like it's you know the second coming of Christ, and um, even for, um, I think I'm generally a pretty good at, at evaluating something from the standpoint of when it came out, and even from the standpoint of when it came out, I think that uh, you know it's maybe not quite as good as as people make it out to be. I think it's a great game. Um, enjoying the story. I think the characters are well done. Uh, side note, John Marston is cross-eyed as fuck, um, <laughs> which I just keeps cracking Are you up. playing That's on a... PlayStation or Xbox? Uh, yeah, so I was, I thought about restarting it, um, you know, once I got an Xbox One S for the faster frame rate. Um, but my TVs actually have a, like a nice D-judder that I use on my game systems that kind of makes it look like the frame rate is faster even though it's not um, so I just kept playing on PS3 and uh, the only reason I asked you know, is because apparently it looks decent it looks decent apparently that game performance wise uh, in terms of like bugs and stuff is way worse on PlayStation than it is on Xbox yeah for whatever um, reason I really haven't well actually I've I've had uh, one bug where um you know, it was a little side mission where I was following this other girl on a horse and, you know, she got like stuck on a fence and just wouldn't go around the fence for whatever fucking reason. Even if I tried to like push her out of the way and, uh, you know, that's pretty minor. Um, but other than that, I, I think if I'm remembering correctly, even just seeing cutscenes of like people playing it on 360 or whatever, like I just think the way they did John Marston, he looks cross-eyed. But oh yeah, yeah, I was just saying that uh, uh, people have always talked about how for some reason that game was super buggy on uh, PS3 as opposed to, like it's... when it came out on 360. And then with the uh, the recent like you know you can play it on backwards compatibility with Xbox, and I think they recently have it on PlayStation uh, where you can play Red Dead. Um, yeah, apparently just the PlayStation versions like way way buggier for some reason. I don't know why. I think we but... might have still been in the era of, um, you know, PS3 had come off of being like six or seven hundred dollars, and all of the ports when it first came out were all um, like secondhand versions, basically. Because, yeah. You know, 360 was the uh, like the standard console at the time. So, yeah, I think that happened a lot. That could have been the same with Red Dead. Um, like I said, I really haven't had much trouble with it, and. Uh, you know the the frame rate it plays about like a PS3 game, and like I said, I have um, kind of a filter running on my TV for it that makes it a little bit better. But uh, yeah, generally that's uh, I haven't had any issues with that um, as far as it running. 
Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it, and I do think, like I said, it's a good game, and there's certainly, um, even for the time it came out, I think that John Marston as a character is very um, janky to control, and um, yeah, I, w- I really haven't played the Fallout games. I wouldn't say this is on the level that people describe Fallout of it being like, um, you know, barely serviceable as far as a shooter, to where you have to have vats for it to even be serviceable. This is not on that level, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't say this is, like, a great third-person shooter or anything. I enjoy generally, you know, hopping around and plucking out uh, outlaws, you know, with my six-shooter. But uh, would you agree, Jar? Uh, yeah, like, my least favorite part of GTA Five is actually the shooting mechanics and Red Dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, the thing is, when you make worlds and games like that, it's like... Having that thing be the worst thing is cool with me because the world is so immersive. I like the characters. I like just a lot about it. So it's like it's hard for a game to nail absolutely everything. And it's like, okay, this is the right. hang-up. It's kind of like with, uh, for me, The Last of Us. I haven't played any Uncharted game, but I'm assuming it's the same. Like with The Last of Us, yeah. my least favorite part of those games is the actual shooting. Like I I didn't hey. – I don't think it's very good. Shout out to Ubisoft. They've got some solid open world shooter games with Far Cry and uh, Wildlands. I think the Division is Wildlands. Hey, there's a good one too. I was actually <laughs> yeah. going to say the Division. I think is a competent shooter. Exactly. Um, yeah. Wildlands is a great shooter. I mean, they've got a pedigree with that with all their Tom Clancy games throughout the years. But um, especially now that we're in the the realm of open worlds. Um, but back to Red Dead. I think that. Uh, it looks like a lot of the stuff that I would like for them to improve. They'll certainly have improved on um, with with how long it's taken to uh, to get this sequel out. Um, so, yeah, definitely excited for, for Red Dead 2 and and definitely plan on finishing up one. Um, yeah, that, like I said, I think it's a great game. I don't necessarily know that it's like one of the games of last generation for me. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked it a lot too, but... Um, for me, it's like Mass Effect trumps it in a lot of categories. Sure. You know what I mean? Mass Effect isn't necessarily an open yeah. world game, but for all intents and purposes, that game is huge as hell. All of them are. Yeah, I, I uh, totally feel what you're saying. <laughs> um, and it's going to be interesting because Dom said he was finally interested. Uh, interested, yeah. interested, interested. That word like eight times. Um, I don't know if he's going to get it at launch, but if he does, it'll be the first game since Odyssey. Super Mario Odyssey that we all have together at the same time? Super Mario I think. Odyssey! That sounds about right. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't have a PS4 for God of War. Yeah. Uh, or Horizon. Yeah, so it seems I know. Right. I, I think oh, Spider-Man. Gonna be on, uh, Spider-Man. We yeah, recently Spider-Man. played Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, I know Dom and I are probably going to be playing Kingdom Hearts 3 at launch, Jared. I am too. It's on. Th- it's going to be on Xbox. There we go. So. There we go. There yeah. we go. You think it's going to be on Switch? You think it's going to end up on Switch? I'm not going to play it there, but I think it'll end up there probably. Yeah. Yeah. Not by launch, but uh, probably uh, into next year you'll see it. Yeah. Um, Sek- Sekiro. Me and Dom are on Sekiro. I don't know if you're getting Sekiro at launch. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I will. I'm. Dude. I. I gotta say, I'm not in love with some of the stuff I'm hearing about it. I wish it was more Bloodborne. It sounds like a gimped Bloodborne. I hate to say it like that, but that's just how it feels to me when I hear these interviews and news articles about it. So we'll see. Well, it seems like an evolution from like what Bloodborne was to Souls. I think this is just them going in another direction. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they're not. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be hard as shit, but I hope they're not like, you know, 
casualizing it. Kind of no, apparently casualizing. Yeah, uh, that's a good way to put it. Brad and Ian from EZA, who are huge Souls people, like they're some of the biggest Souls yeah. people. They said from their time playing it, it's harder than any of the Souls or Bloodborne games. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people say you know Bloodborne's harder than the Souls that came before it, so maybe they do just go harder and harder with their games. Yeah, that that one's interesting. I think Soul Souls and I think uh, Bloodborne is harder than Dark Souls two and Dark Souls three. Right, right. I think Bloodborne oh, and Dark, Dark Souls, Souls three. Yeah, Dark Souls three is easier than Dark Souls one. Gotcha. But Dark Souls three has a hard the hardest boss out of the trilogy, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. What I was saying is, yeah, I think Bloodborne, from what I've heard, is harder than Dark Souls 3 and Dark Souls 2. But I think Dark Souls 1 would probably give it competition. But then it's a whole thing of, like, well, one's way slower than the other, so how does that even compare? And yeah, for they're me, different game it's styles. Like, it's harder to play it if it's slower, you know? Yeah, and to, it's so funny. I love how people have different tastes, because, like, when I watch Bloodborne, I'm like, I can't wait to play it, but I'm like... This just doesn't seem like Souls to me. Like it's just like it's just around, baby. Yeah, it's really. You cool. know how I am about dash, about a dash mechanic in a game. Whoop whoop. Um, <laughs> let's get to the news. First bit of news: Black Ops Four sales are bonkers. This comes by way of GameIndustry.biz by Brandon Sinclair. During its launch weekend, Call of Duty Black Ops Four, otherwise known as Blops Four, brought in five hundred million dollars. Black Operations Four, if you will. Black Operations. Uh, $500 million in revenue. Uh, that number is the exact same mark as last year's World War II entry brought in, uh, that it brought in, uh, but isn't the peak. Black Ops 3 managed to pull in over $550 million during its launch weekend in 2015. Though it fell short of its predecessor, Black Ops 4 still set records for average playtime, Twitch watch time, and most combined players in a Call of Duty release launch weekend. Um, and it could end up selling more in the end, you know? Yeah, I just wanted it did break records. Um, Black Ops Three, I think, was the the pinnacle of the Black Ops franchise. You kind of reached that mass hysteria, and I think we had that with Modern Warfare Two, with the Modern Warfare games when it was OG Infinity Ward with Vince Ampella. Um, mm. Some people are like, "Does this mean Call of Duty's on a downward trend?" No, um, I think it's just that it's releasing around the same time as a lot of other top games, and you know, people always talk about like downward trend with Call of Duty, people do not realize we're going to have to have, I would say probably seven years, Jared, worth of Call of Duties of <laughs> declining <downward trends>. yeah. <laughs> before it's like, okay, Call of Duty might be fucked. Exactly. Um, I think a lot of times people talk about how uh, Call of Duty will release in any given window and do well, and obviously it does, but just like any game, when it releases next to other big titles... People only have enough money. As big as Call of Duty is, the reason it didn't hit the 550 peak is because 50 million of those dollars were spent saving for Red Dead 2 or buying a different game. Uh, not necessarily Red Dead 2, but I do think that Black Ops 3 released in a less crowded window than Black Ops 4. You know what I mean? Yeah. Odyssey. See, we had Odyssey. I, personally, we had... I've been thinking. I don't think. Other than Red Dead, I don't see that this year's much like really crowded to me. You know, I don't think Tomb Raider's that big a deal. Obviously, Spider Man, but that's an exclusive. And then, you know, I would say generally the industry is used to having an Assassin's Creed just about every year to where it won't affect Call of Duty. You know, even though they are closer together and released this year, so I don't know. Yeah, but the thing is, is that this is also the closest Call of Duty has usually ever been to sports titles coming out. And that crossover okay. between people who play okay. Call of Duty and sports games, 
Also, That's people. A very good point. Also, people under tend to underestimate how much Fallout sells, and that game's right around the corner too. And people okay, could be. Okay, I've totally wiped Fallout from my mind. So, yeah. yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think it's just a culmination of there being some some players around the ballpark that that's why it didn't eclipse that extra fifty million, but five hundred million is still impressive as hell. Um, yeah. Call of Duty isn't going anywhere. Uh, I've had some people asking me if I plan on getting the battle royale, the, it for the battle royale. Um, I have no interest, not because it's not quality. Everything I'm hearing is saying it's fantastic, it's great, it's polished. I'm just, this is old man Jared speaking. I think I'm just out of the Call of Duty zeitgeist now. To the point nice. where, like, I went in previous titles, I'd be like, worst case scenario, I'll purchase it and I'll play the campaign because at least I have that. Mm. We don't have that anymore. <laughs> so it's like mm. another knock in my personal interest in it. Um, yeah. If Blackout became standalone and was like 30 bucks, I'd be possibly interested, but I'm not paying $60 mm. for it. You know what I mean? It's just not something I'm yeah. interested in doing. Um, but props to those who are enjoying it. Interesting, Jared. Interesting. 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 Um, speaking of interesting, the second bit of news here, uh, Spider-Man DLC and uh, update news. Yeah, baby. So we already knew it was called The Heist. This is really weird. A weird anecdote I want to bring up is a lot of these places are saying we have officially have it named. It's The Heist. I'm like, we've known the names of all three DLCs for a while. I guess people just don't look into it. Very weird. Um, Before the game came out, guys. Yeah. Um, so it's featuring Black Cat. It's set to release on October 23rd. We finally have a release date. Uh, it will focus on the relationship between Spider-Man and Black Cat, and will also come with three new suits. So those suits are Kane Parker's Scarlet Spider suit, uh, which is the mostly black with red top, if you're familiar with it. Um, the Spider UK suit, which was recently donned by Captain Britain in Spider-Geddon. That's what I'm pumped about. Yeah, which is super dope. Like seeing giant-ass Captain Britain in it, oh, so good. Um, as well as an originally designed suit. So I know some people are kind of bummed that all three of them aren't comic suits. I'm actually okay with this because in order for Insomniac to make this feel like their version of Spider-Man, I'm cool with them throwing in originally designed suits. They're not always going to click with me. Comic suits. Exactly. It's like Marvel has talked about. They want to give these creators the properties and let them do what they want to do and not be beholden to that. And it's dope that they can release a DLC with one of their own suits. You know what I mean? I think that's really cool. Um, There's so many comic suits in the game already. Like, get over it. Exactly. Um, and honestly, I'm cool. I would love to for it to be a kind of a guarantee that we always get one original suit because that means that it's, A, something I've never seen before, and I like the idea of seeing something new that I might not like or might love. Like I like that or just like, Amen. you know what I mean? So, Amen. all for creator's intent here. Um, alongside the DLC, Insomniac is releasing an update. It was actually meant to go live this weekend, or people assumed so, because they said releasing soon. But it looks like it's probably going to release alongside the DLC, which makes a little bit more sense. And the update brings New Game Plus, which I don't have to explain what that is, um, and an Ultimate difficulty, which is just a harder difficulty. Um, those two modes are going to add two new trophies, so it's not counting the trophies for the DLC, and they're going to be for beating the game on New Game Plus and beating the game on Ultimate mode. Me, personally, I think I'm going to tackle those two trophies at the same time. I think I'm just going to roll into New Game Plus. Uh, well, I'm going to do the DLC first, um, and then roll into New Game Plus with Ultimate Difficulty, um, because you get all of your gadgets and attachments and all that stuff. And that gives me a reason. I'm not going to try to hustle and get all those trophies, um, and beat it again on ultimate difficulty, but that gives me something to go back to. You know what I mean? Instead of just going back and swinging around the city, I'm like, oh, I'll tackle my 
New Game Plus Ultimate Difficulty and chip away at it here and there. You know what I mean? I'm not in a rush necessarily to get those trophies, um, but it gives you a reason to continue playing. Sorry, go ahead, Jordan. Oh, I just said I feel you. Oh, I feel you. Um, yeah, super dope. Um, yeah, I, I'm i interested to see. Do you think it'll be three suits for all three DLCs? That seems pretty reasonable, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and we're the plan that they've stated is we're getting one October, November, December. Obviously, things could change, um, but if they stick to that, uh, that'll be dope. Um, so, since we're on the subject of Season Pass, real quick note. Jumping back into Origins, obviously I already had the Season Pass, because um, I'm such an AC dude, and uh, jumping back in, they've already released, you know, not just the story expansions, but like your bonus weapon packs or whatever for the Season Pass. So now it's like I've got these legendary weapons, and I'm running around and looting all this shit, and I just can't get excited over it, because I've already got everything legendary, you know, it's like, interesting how that works with Season Passes. Yeah, it's just a, it's a problem of not your pro, like not your fault, but it's a problem of getting to a game late that has a season pass. Is because you end up getting the game yeah. of year edition where it has all this bonus stuff. Well, I mean, it is my fault because I could just be like, oh, I'll get to the legendary stuff True. later, you know. Yeah. But but whatever. Um, the funny thing is, there's a pre-order mission in Odyssey called Prince of Persia. I forgot to bring that up to you. Oh um, shit! Y- yeah. Well, I, I missed out on that. That's that fucking sucks. So, you played it? Uh, it's it's a mission that requires you to do stuff throughout the game at certain levels. I don't want to spoil it because mm. I don't know if it's one of those things that like you get it at launch if you pre-ordered it, but then it's going to be in the first free content drop. That's what I'm assuming is going to yeah. happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'll just say it's it's something that I haven't been able to complete yet. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Um, really That's interesting. Cool. It's it also has to do with sightseeing. Which is really interesting. Um, going to certain places and seeing certain things. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I'll, I'll say with Origins and Odyssey too. I love that there's places that you can discover that give you XP that not aren't necessarily the question marks on the map. They're just like historical locations. So like right. you have the like the the question mark places, but you also have these places that aren't marked that you discover and you get XP for, which is dope. Um, yeah. We were speaking about Red Dead earlier. Let's talk about it as a download size. There were some rumors going on that it's going to be about a 90 gig download on PSN and Xbox Live. That's not the case. Um, as their official website, Rockstar revealed that for the Xbox, both physical and digital versions will require a 107 gig download. Um, kind of expected for me. I assumed that. Uh, it's still a lot. I'm not saying it's not a lot, but I expected. I actually cleared about 125 gigs just because I don't know. I wanted enough room there just in case. Um that being said, if I owned a PlayStation, it wouldn't have been enough space because they also stated that for a PlayStation, if you get the physical version, it's a 99 gig download. Um, but if you get the digital version, it's actually 150 gigabytes. But you have a terabyte, don't you? Uh, for what, my Xbox? No, for PS4 Slim. Uh, yeah. I was just I was just making a joke about like if I was a normal PlayStation gamer, I wouldn't have that room. The reason so... I have that much room on my PlayStation is because I don't really play anything on it. Right, yeah. I will say, like, if you had a launch PS4 and with the install size of, the, you know, like the OS on the hard drive and yeah. all that, this is damn near half your fucking hard drive. <laughs> yeah. It's, At, uh, you know, 43 more gigs. gigs would, would, which would be basically half your hard drive. Which, oh man, God, if 
if Cyberpunk 2077 comes out on PS4, oh, yikes. Jeez. Yeah, think about that. <laughs> and then these fucking assholes are going to give us 16 pieces of free DLC and just uh, keep on what jerks. the list. <laughs> what jerks. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's weird that it's f- almost 50 more gigs than Xbox. Uh, we talked about off off the show about how um, on PSN's backend, there's a, there's a lot of reasons why I actually download stuff slower than Xbox Live. But that would correlate to you having to download the game s- slower, right? And it'd take longer. That doesn't really correlate to why it requires more gigs. People, some people are like, "Oh, it's the it's the exclusive content that PlayStation has." I'm like, that doesn't Absolutely make any goddamn not. sense. <laughs> Fifty fucking gig. That's a whole game's worth, you idiots. Yeah. Jesus. Like I said, I think it's uh, weird because you know Xbox One X has to have crispier looking assets on yeah. it for the 4K. Like it's got to be pretty much true 4K versus you know the 4K on ps4 pro so it's like how is it that much well, smaller that's weird the crazy thing is this is based on download so like aren't the the the, the more improved versions a little bit more than that or they have additional well, downloads? that's what we were kind of mentioning that i don't know if you remember when we talked about this a couple weeks ago i still don't know if they fixed the situations where a lot of times if you have a baseline console you're still downloading the 4k game file you just don't access the 4k version of it yeah Either it just That's weird how it to me. started when they had the upgraded consoles. It's just weird to me that uh, PlayStation's is so much bigger. It's just very weird. Um, and it sucks for PlayStation gamers because that's like that's another 50 gear, uh, gigs you have to clear. And though we have extra there's hard no drive way. space, who there's people that do that takes up almost half. You know what I mean? Like you said earlier. That's yeah. crazy. There's no way that you're download that you're not downloading the 4K content. There's no way that baseline consoles aren't downloading 4K content. Even at 100 gigabytes on Xbox, it's like, there's no way that's not in 4K. You know? Yeah. It's, it's just odd to me that it's so much bigger. Like, the PlayStation download is so much larger. It's it's smaller if it's physical than the Xbox One. It's 8 gigs smaller, but then it's 43 gigs larger if it's a digital. Arbitrary as shit. That's so weird. That definitely has to do with, like, PSN and the back end and stuff like that and how they probably can process data. It's so weird. Um... The last news story I thought was actually interesting. Um, it was kind of a slow news week, but I do think we covered some interesting things. This last one broke, and though it's not necessarily a news story on its own, it does have an interesting talking point. So this comes away of Eurogamer by Wesley Yin Pool. Uh, the last of the war stories in Battlefield Five, which is the way they release their single player campaigns, is in these vignettes called War Stories. We saw it in uh, World War Two. Um, what was it? Battlefield. Was it? What was it called? Battlefield. One. one. Battlefield 1. Yeah, there you go. Don't worry, um, it's a terrible name. Not your fault. Uh, so, the last of the war stories in Battlefield 5, which is, so it'll be the last one out of all of them, will feature a German tank crew, uh, they're in a, a Tiger tank, uh, during the twilight of World War II. As the German army begins to descend into chaos, a Tiger tank crew begins to question the ideology that put them in this position. Uh, the Last Tiger, which is the name of the war story, is set to showcase World War II from a German perspective, something fans had been asking DICE to deliver for a while. Uh, the developer did, however, make it clear that it's not a hero story. Uh, Daniel Berlin, who's the franchise design director, he went on to clarify and state, 
you made uh, you may deny the actions you made, but even if you deny them, you have to live with the consequences. All actions have consequences, even in war. So it's an ongoing theme throughout the whole thing. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I hope that the mantra helps you understand some of what I mean when I say it's not a hero story. It's really about this tank crew going to war in this crazy machine, and they start to actually question why they fight in the first place. Um, I think this is interesting. I think it's something we've maybe not needed, but I think wanted. Um, I guess we, we partially needed it. I think, obviously, history is written by the victor, and there's a lot of revisionist history. Um, that that's yeah. as long as history's happened, you know what I mean? Um, that's yeah. just the way it is. And I do like seeing things from another perspective and it is a fine line you have to walk. Um, it's, you're very hard pressed to find people who think that Germans weren't the bad guys in world war two. You know what I mean? Right. Um, right. but that is to say there are people who get caught up in these wars and fight on the wrong side that aren't necessarily inherently evil. Are they wrong for fighting and being on these sides? Yes. But it's a lot more complicated than that. And I do like that they're approaching this and having these people question, like, why are we even doing this? You know, what led us here? And I think it's an interesting perspective to take. And if the war stories in Battlefield 1 are an indication of how great those were done in, in terms of character development and storytelling and dialogue, I'm really excited for this. Uh, what do you think, yeah. Jordan? Uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, Jordan Peterson on, um, I was listening to him on Joe Rogan's podcast one time talk about how he, he's taught his students before that, you know, if you were a young person in the age of, you know, Nazi Germany, there's a very likely chance that you would have been a part of, you know, the atrocities that went on. And so, um, you know, shit happens and obviously that was terrible shit that happened but sometimes you get caught up in stuff uh, and you're you're a human being that doesn't necessarily agree with all the stuff that you know is going on around you but uh, it just ends up happening and then it'll be interesting to see them if they can kind of really dig into that um, kind of line that I was just talking about of you know these people are not necessarily sympathizing with the the Nazi message or whatever, but they've um, unfortunately got in got themselves into this situation, and it'd be a crazy story to see how do they navigate those waters. Yeah, and the tank mission from Battlefield One was actually one of the most beloved of those uh, war stories. So that's another thing is you know they understood that people liked that format, and I think this gives it a more refreshing perspective. Um, mm. And it is tough because it's not always black and white. Like, what if you're a 13-year-old German boy and you see your dad or hear your dad get killed, that your dad got killed by American soldiers? At that point, is it really about being on the side of the Nazis or is it that you're upset that your dad was killed and you kind of want to avenge his life? And, like, I think it's a lot more complicated, you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. But at the end of the day, you do choose a side. And I think that's the interesting take of, like, they're not necessarily saying uh, what we're doing is wrong or we're completely terrible or anything like that. They're like, what put us in this position currently? And I think there's a lot of storytelling room there. Um, right. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how it plays out. The thing with Battlefield 5.2, all of the post-release content is going to be free. That's something that they announced. And that's 
I'm going to be buying Battlefield 5, and it's actually one of the main factors of why I'm choosing Battlefield 5 over Call of Duty is because I really want to support that. Uh, the fact that they're willing to go out and be like, we're giving these really cool, intimate stories, Call of Duty's ditching single player, and we're giving you DLC for free, something Call of Duty's never done. Um, the big DLC. I'm sure I'd get correct and say, like, Call of Duty once gave a weed gun skin away for free on a Taco Bell hot sauce package. Like, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, the one thing I wanted to mention too that wasn't news before we get into what we've been playing, Jordan. Did you see the uh, the the Xbox One X that Taco Bell is giving away? I almost shared that in our chat, dude. That dude, silver One X. Is yeah, it's like ombre. Crispy. Oh, it's so dope. Crispy. They like yeah, gradients so. from black to white. Oh, it's so good. Um, and it comes with a, a white uh, Elite controller too. So dope. Hey, man. Here's looking forward to Xbox 2 because I think Microsoft's starting to get it down as far as the hardware look for Xbox. You know? I'm so excited for next gen. Even like, I'm even excited for PlayStation um, for obviously reasons. Um, I'm just, I can't wait to get to when, the point where we're giddy and figuring out, oh, how, what's the launch going to be? What are the consoles going to look like? Uh, when we were having that discussion about the Nintendo NX when those weird prototypes were getting quote-unquote leaked... It, those are always fun conversations. I can't wait to have those. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, in terms of what we're going to be playing, more AC Odyssey. I'm trying to grind out that game before Red Dead comes out as much as I can um, in an enjoyable fashion, obviously. But I'm trying to just get through that game as much as I can. At least those, I want to get the campaign done. I don't care about doing everything in the game because I'll get back to that, right? But I want to make sure yeah. I get through the story because I'm really enjoying that. Um, Daredevil Season 3 comes out. Uh, yeah, I baby. cannot wait. Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, we got uh, a lot of returning characters. You better have some Punisher, man. You better have some Punisher in there. Yeah, uh, with the cancellation of Iron Fist, I'm interested to see if maybe they do... Oh, when did that happen? Oh, you didn't know about that. Sorry for breaking news. Uh, last week, they canceled Iron Fist. Well, uh, uh, I interesting. not watched it yet. i still watch season two. Interesting anecdote from that. Uh, people were like, oh, are they just canceling shows they don't do well on Netflix? That way they can because of Disney streaming service. Apparently that's not the case. Netflix has 100% um, rights over when they cancel the shows or how long they go on. Disney has no say in how long the Marvel Netflix shows go on or if they're canceled. It is the first first canceled Marvel Netflix show. I'm not saying deservedly so, but it's not surprising. <laughs> sure, yeah. and um, we don't know about Defenders either. Who knows about Defenders? Yeah, um... If I were to make a guess, if we were to get a spinoff, I think it'd probably be a spinoff from uh, Daredevil as opposed to Jessica Jones or Luke Cage, like a you know a separate well, that's what series. Punisher is exactly. Um, you know, so we'll see. Um, interesting stuff there. Can't wait for Daredevil season three. I'm trying to think. Would what you else? Be down with Elektra season one. Uh, I'm not huge into Elektra to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. I like the actress. I just didn't like the writing in season two. Um, yeah. I think she looked good, like, costume-wise. Oh, yeah. I think she looked good. I just didn't like the way she they wrote her. And then uh, I didn't watch uh, Defenders yet, so she's partially involved in that, right? Yeah, I'd say give Defenders a shot. It's eight episodes, and I think it's better, definitely better than oh. um, some of the solo stuff. So I wouldn't say it's as good as Daredevil or Punisher. Um, my plan, I'm going to watch through everything except for Iron Fist season one and probably season two since it got canceled. Just 
personally, like I'm bad with watching it's stuff. Not essential, definitely yeah, not essential. My my plan is to watch the watch Luke Cage season one until uh, Copperhead dies because that's what I heard when the show falls off. Um, watch us uh, like a, a crammed version of the second half of that season to like know what happens. And then watch Jessica Jones season two, Luke Cage season two, and Defenders. Obviously, in or I haven't written yep. down in the order they come out, but uh, I'm passing on Iron Fist. Just gonna watch uh, uh, Daredevil. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna watch all of them, but yeah, Daredevil season three for sure tomorrow as a recording. Actually, just watched episode two of season two of Luke Cage. Um, so far, I'd say it's pretty good. Uh, or did I watch episode three as well? Anyways, um, you know, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, I wouldn't say they're great shows to me. They're, I, they're I, solid shows. They're decent shows. I, uh, Jessica Jones season one is actually my favorite. Mm, maybe Punisher recently passed that. It's my second favorite uh, season. I haven't watched Jessica Jones season two. Luke Cage. Over Daredevil 2? Uh, Daredevil season two, the first half's good. I don't like the second half of season two. Because of Electra. Yeah, I just don't you like the Electra, whole the hand you bullshit. You hate Electra. If you were saying the first half of da- of Daredevil season two, especially with like the Punisher monologue, oh yeah, hundred percent the best. I mean, even Dude, if Daredevil you don't season like the one, hand, you probably won't like uh, Defenders. Just saying. Um. Anyways, I'm trying to think. Overlord doesn't come out yet. I don't think on Netflix. I'm just trying to think of. There's a couple of movies that are coming out that came out on Netflix that I'm interested in. Oh, oh I need to get to Apostle. Uh, that recently say, came dude, out. I just watched Apostle. Yeah, you definitely get to Apostle. Um, definitely. And then the one with the dude from uh, uh, Westworld that recently came out with the Hold wolves. The dark. Yeah, I need to get to that too. From uh, Green Room director. Um, but mostly just focusing on AC Odyssey. What about you? So uh, play some more Origins. Um, shout out to Joe Rogan's uh, new stand-up special. Just watch that. Uh, I saw him at the Ryman earlier this year, and uh, so you know I I had heard a lot of those jokes, but uh, they were a little bit different, and it was it was a great special. I laughed a lot. Um, so yeah, playing more Origins, and um, probably jump into Valkyria Chronicles, but we've got two big games coming out this week with Red Dead um, that'll be after our next show but uh, not two big games but you got Spider-Man uh, DLC um, oh yeah I'm going to be playing that too take. duh um, I say it's at least mainline three to four hours yeah I'm hoping so we'll see I'm not convinced we'll see um, but I, I will say uh, both of the expansion packs for Sunset Overdrive were very enjoyable. Oh, you said you um, said mainline, right? So just like if you didn't do any of the extra side stuff, two and a half yeah. hours. Yeah, that sounds about right. So um, excited for it nonetheless. And um, yeah, I tried preloading it when I you know bought the season pass like. I just wish stuff was more streamlined. You know what I'm talking about, Jared? With this type of shit, it's like, why can't I just make sure my DLC pack is, like, ready to fucking go? Just like I preload my games, you know? Yeah, on Xbox, I don't really have that problem, because, like, everything just downloads automatically when it's available, so... 
Oh, it'll down. It should download automatically. I'm just like I want to have it preloaded for, you know, so I can play it as soon as it unlocks or whatever. Well, you you can preload uh, Red Dead tomorrow, which is good. Get the 150 gigs locked and loaded. Uh, <laughs> God damn. Uh, yeah, and I will say this much for PlayStation. There's times when like stuff just doesn't automatically download. That's definitely supposed to. Um, you know, a lot of times my games, I'll start a game up like I did with Origins that I haven't played in a while. It'll be like, now downloading the update. Like, I know that's supposed to automatically <laughs> update, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes that does happen, unfortunately, with preload games. But um, anyways, um, let's see. Let's see. Origins, yeah, Valkyria I mean, Chronicles. That's going to be some... That's going to be some shit, even if I get around to Valkyria Chronicles, so... Um, we'll see. I might be going to see Venom this weekend. Uh, Same. <laughs> more just to hang out with my brother than anything, but, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of... This fall is weird for movies, man. And then, you know, especially going in without uh, Star Wars or... Um, there's not a Marvel movie this fall either, which Marvel is really movie. weird. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, no Marvel, no Star Wars this fall. So, um, and I don't think Fantastic Beasts is going to carry us, unfortunately, Jared. So, um, yeah, but uh, might go see Venom. Um, hell, there might be something that I'm that I'm uh, not thinking of. But yeah, Red Dead. You said you might hop into maybe. Definitely said all the things video games wise, but like. Um, I'll, I'll give a little shout out to Walking Dead Season 9 um, Episode 3 is about to come up And I think it's been uh, quite a bit better Probably not, still not on, on par with Season 4 of Fear the Walking Dead Which is out of this world And I just watched, uh, I think, Episode 10 I think it's the best this show's been in like two seasons Yeah, well, this is the best it's been ever Two seasons ago it was at its worst No, I'm talking about Walking uh, Dead Oh, Walking Dead Yeah, Walking sorry, Dead. Yeah. two different conversations Um I will say, shout out to Fear the Walking Dead. I just watched an episode where, um, I'll just say, like, no spoilers, two girls are basically, like, um, you know, holding down this house together, two of the main girl characters, and um, really awesome stuff. Um, I would say maybe the best episode of Walking Dead I've ever seen, any type of Walking Dead ever. Um, so, yeah, Fear the Walking Dead Season 4. It, it's finished up. I haven't uh, watched the last few episodes, but um, Walking Dead's still not quite there yet, but it is better, so there's a little shout-out. Nice. Thank you guys for listening to episode 116. Dom should be back next week. Um, we won't have our Red Dead impressions yet. Will right. we? Spidey no. impressions. We will have Spidey impressions of the DLC, yep. Um, yeah, we'll catch you guys then. If you can, please follow us on iTunes. Leave us a review. It definitely helps. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, like the video, that definitely helps. Follow us on Twitter at CTRLINT, that's Controlled Interests Abbreviated. I am at Jared underscore, Jordan is at Malamotis. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Bye.